Hello. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoa. Okay, adjusting my volume levels. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> so let's see here. Um, anything, Neil? Do you have a list? <laughs> I have a list that I compiled for me. Okay. I don't. Re- I don't really have a list. I got. I kind of well, just went I'll over. Post it. I mostly went over uh, laserdisc uh, games just because we found a few gems that were repurposed animation made into laserdisc games, kind of like Cliff. Hanger, so yeah. ah, uh, yeah. at least you haven't found gem. No gem. Uh, there is no gem just... game, but I'm sure if there was, uh, Blanchard would oh, learn how to play yeah. with one hand. Oh, you know, gem is excitement. Uh, I'm I'm actually surprised that like no one actually ever like, took some of the animation for, like, American games and turned them into Laserdisc games. But we can talk about this during the show, because, like, there's some there's some really terrible games that they made. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that we, this actually leads us back to to Sakura Wars in this topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wars. Awesome. <laughs> well, one of, one of our favorites. It's a... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Okay, we Let's ready, people? Sure. Yes. Oh, 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 Neil! I, uh, I was, I was just thinking of, of a, of a fest song while on this trip. <laughs> okay. Okay, I, I'm just trying to remember which song it was, but it was. Uh, oh, that's right. All right, the, uh, wonderful time by Tiny Tim. Okay. You know it? No, it's not my head. Uh, Tiny Tim is a musician. Who I plays know. Who, I know who he is. Yeah. I've never heard this song. Having a wonderful time. <laughs> Tiny Tim. You can find it on YouTube. Okay. Living in the Sunlight, so it's also called Living in the Sunlight. I sent you a link. Okay. It's a it's it's the quintessential fest song. Okay. I think. Alright. Oh man, did you did you see the copyright uh thing that like uh they're gonna do for kids? It's kinda like Dare and it teaches them how to uh how to navigate through life and not steal content. Oh my god, let me pull this up because this is craziest shit. Is it, I saw this this morning. It's being See, tested in California right now. Shit like this just totally baffles me because I come from the '80s where we would just make mixtapes all the time for each other, and it, it was like no big deal. Yeah, and also and, like, hey, hey, pro tip: Dare didn't work, guys. Why yeah. do you think this will work? This is actually just going to lead to people. Well, it's going to lead to what happened with Dare. You show them what it looks like, and then they go look it up, and then they find out they're full of shit. And the end. And just, but you know, hey, whatever. Now I've got, I've probably got some nice, awesome videos to watch as I pirate those videos and actually watch them. I mean, the way people whine about copyright these days, it's like, you know, this level of protectionism over, over intellectual property. This is all like new. We didn't have this when mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and well, yeah. I mean, I, well, there was a I mean, form we kind of it. did, but but it, not to the degree what we have today. I mean, it's just ridiculous today. Well, it's sort of similar to how things were, and I'm going to say it in the Middle Ages when things were basically kept up in books, and the general populace did not have access to them. This is similar to what that to that. So you know, when the church tells you blah 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 this is how it is, or a king tells you like that, you can't actually go look it up because those are locked up in the castles. Yeah, now we live in the age where 
internet reviewers are pretty loose about how much content they can show of other people's stuff, uh, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. But if you copy and paste their stuff, then suddenly they become copyright whores themselves and send takedown notice. Like a child. No, that's mine. And bitch about blip revenue. Well, that's people who tend to like talk about copyright a lot are kind of like that. They yeah. they tend to be okay with taking other people's stuff, but as soon as you take theirs, and it's really just a matter of mine, mine, mine. But that's why I just whenever anyone starts saying ah, about copyright, I'm just like, and I bet you steal all the time. I actually like that about you, Kidiak. You're consistent. I don't agree with you 100%, but you're consistent yeah. with it, and you never deviate from that. So, Well, I mean, it's because I've thought it. i actually thought it out. In a lot of cases, yeah. people don't think out. They just do, as I, as I would say. They just go and do. Yeah, just go and do. The Webcast Beacon Network has... It's action. It's drama. It's comedy. It's Decian, the superhero webcomic. Decian has superhero antics and sexy girls. Catch updates weekly at Decian.com and NoSuperPants.com. I've listed the, all the Laserdisc stuff that I went over. Ah. All right, let's get let's get it let's get this started. Uh, okay, we ready? We're ready. Yes. All right. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Animation Aficionados. Uh, this show is Ben, joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Lead on adventurer. Your quest awaits. And with us is our favorite guest, Kitty Hawk. Vega, catch me! Catch me! Catch me! And tonight we are talking about uh, animation in video games, or as we would call it, video game cutscenes. What we are counting as animation is traditional animation, you know, with cells or a cell-like process that are added as cutscenes in earlier video games. Not, you know, 3D animation and uh, pre-rendered stuff like Final Fantasy VII and stuff like that. We're counting, you know, the good stuff. And no pixels? Animation in the pixels? We can do some pixels, because some, some there's pix- some pixel animation that's actually pretty darn good and it's worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, like, some... in, like in the Neo Geo era. Yeah, oh, some yeah. pixels. Well, with and the... I mostly went over Laserdisc games because, my God, it is hilarious. Well, let me start with what brought what, what brought this idea of this episode to my to my head is uh, there is almost an entire episode's worth of Batman the Animated Series done by TMS, animated by TMS, that was written by Paul Dini, you know, directed by Bruce Tim, with uh, you know, beautiful animation. The story's, eh, but. Uh, it's it's for the Se- Batman Sega CD game. Mm. And the, the sad thing is, you know, TMS is one of those studios that even when they downsample the animation footage, you can still see, oh my god, this is TMS animation. Oh my god, this is great animation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, it's just a shame because... There, somewhere in Warner Brothers, is a vault with the clean animation as TMS sent it over here That's before it, before it was down before it was down sampled for the Sega CD. And it's probably lost, honestly, because a lot of that stuff doesn't get kept. Like, because oh. a lot of a lot of the game betas and things like that have been destroyed and things like that. So it's like. It's like the early movie industry where you know a lot of that shit got thrown away. And that has happened in the video game industry, too. There's, like, cases of we don't have that anymore because the company went out of business, no one cared. I mean, My, my yeah. understanding is that uh, that's mostly a Japanese thing. The Japanese just mm. didn't take care of that stuff. Whereas in America, there's a, 
a slightly better chance that 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 sort of stuff could be preserved. I'm I'm going to bet that that someone has that at at uh, at Warner Animation because yeah because Bruce Tim did produce it so he saw a clean version of it and probably has a copy. I mean, Bruce Tim is infamous for keeping stuff like that because he, okay. he kept he kept he kept the old runs of episodes before they were they were corrected and aired again. He, he he kept them in his private collection. He talked about it several times in his. So I I can imagine he has it. And the the other shame is yes, you have Kevin Kevin Conroy and all the voice actors all together again. And but the thing is, you don't have Shirley Walker's music. The music is actually kind of shitty if i have to be so cruel but yeah, it is it is kind of shitty it's probably what's his name who was the guy who did all the sega cd games um, uh, i don't know i can't remember but it's the the what i would want is a clean version of the animation a clean vocal track and just grab some random shirley walker and 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 you would have a very well animated adequately written actually not that adequately written you know it's actually kind of it's not Underdwellers bad, let me just put that bad. It's not that bad of an episode, but it's definitely not one of the best episodes. That it, Bruce it was probably about. Spencer Nelson. That's the guy who did uh, all the music for Sonic CD, the North American version. Yeah. Yeah. He did a bunch of other tracks for, for tons of Sega CD games. But a lot of like Sega CD games are actually getting ported to like iOS now and um, other platforms nowadays. Right. So there is a possibility that they could re-release it i mean because i saw road blasters has actually gotten re-released for ios or i think it's about to be re-released so but maybe there's, there's a catch with that because uh you have to emulate both the genesis and the sega cd like road blasters was an yeah, arcade game true. first but yeah that's true that's technically true, that shouldn't but... be a problem because uh free emulators can do it but you know for some reason the the game companies are like oh that's too hard to emulate well, Sega has translated a few games, you know, has ported a few games to, uh, like, iOS. So mm -hmm. it's not impossible. It's just, it's. A, I think it's an issue of whether they want to take the time. Right. You know, it's... And, like, so far the ports have been pretty shitty, though, I have to admit. Aww. Like, the only ones that work are ones that, where you didn't have to really count on a button layout. In games where you have to have a button layout, I've noticed they've been pretty crap so far like secret of mana tried to do this thing where like it had a floating joystick where you could put your hands on anywhere on the screen it still just didn't work it yeah. was just like i need a controller for that game because it's it wasn't built for that kind of interface yeah definitely so. i mean it's uh you know i've, but, you I've, know, I've played lots coming. yeah eh, we'll see how it does it's uh i i you know it's uh you know uh Hacking. <laughs> well, well, we, well, we'll see what Gaben does, but uh... Attack on Gaben. <laughs> oh, come uh, on, hey, come on! His name is Gaben. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just making fun of Attack on Gaben, the, uh, that meme where they took Gabe's face and put him on a Titan, and, <laughs> and barraging them with sails, and they're falling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, let's see. But so, uh, it, other, other, uh, other. You know, th this definitely was one that that brought my attention to. We should do an episode on this because it, it, it's so uni unique and out there. You know.
it's not done anymore. Dragon's Lair, the fantasy adventure where you become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon. You control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has enchanted it with treacherous monsters and obstacles. In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the dragon's lair. Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. Well, I think part of the reason why it's not done anymore because with, with games like Dragon Slayer and Space Ace, there's just no reason to make games like this anymore. Well, it, it's really honestly that this was sort of like a patch in yeah. the early days because, well, honestly, let's be honest, like what arcade games look like in the early 80s, they were just black backgrounds and they had sprites on them. It wasn't until mm -hmm. like, I think it was Super Mario Brothers really popularized having a background. And so this was sort of like, well, we could tie these two things. And it was really honestly all because of Rick Dyer, who uh, Trevor was telling me about, who had the dream of the Laserdisc game system. And I actually threw up a link for that, and it's called the Halcyon. And it even had, like, voice control. This was thing that was insane. And this is why he did Dragon's Lair and why he did all those, those games. So he could do this one game called Thayer's Quest which is a completely animated uh, choose-your-own-adventure game. And it's we watched a video of someone playing, and it's pretty amazing because, like, it, it has... You can make multiple decisions about where you want to go. It detects whether you have certain items. You actually can level up. Um, you can have different conversations with NPCs. And the way it does it is hilarious, is they hide the, they hide the lips a lot so that they can change the dialogue. Uh -huh. So, like, the librarian is hiding behind, a uh, like, a stack of books, but, you know, it kind of works because then we can have, per se, I think, like, each scene could have, like, three or four different conversations, so it was really amazing, and it would talk to you. It had, like, a synthesized voice, too. So this was his dream of the, the animation. Because of this, uh, you had Japanese companies uh, copying this because it was pretty popular for a while so that's why you got things like time gal and um and then you got horrible things like cliffhanger and Bega's battle so now should, um, we, should we describe what these games are like i mean these are these are basically yeah. the way i think of them is that they're quick basically like events. uh yeah they're quick time events it's kind of like playing a really complex dvd menu <laughs> it's it, it's basically it's like early I would say early DDR like a like a rhythm game because yeah. it's sort of like you've got up down left right usually and then you've got an action button and um, what you would do is it like something would happen on the screen and you would have to do the appropriate action sometimes it would tell you with flash what the with, with flashing yeah. areas mm -hmm. yeah the flashing areas or it would actually like in time gal tell you to push up or push down um, can't so, catch me can't catch me. Yeah, yeah, can't catch me, can't catch me. Yeah, the, uh, so you ha so basically all games today that have quick time events basically trace their ancestry back to these games. And these were, like I said, a hack so that you could have these wonderful animation on screen, but still have like an arcade type gameplay. And so there's like a whole host of them. 
But the ones that are animated are things like uh, Vegas Battle, Road Blaster, Time Gal. Uh, Galaxian 3 features Toei uh, backgrounds. Um, Ninja Hayate, which was done by Toei. Time Gal was done by Toei. Road Blaster, I think, was also done by Toei. Uh, Super Don Quixote. Um, and then, then there's Badlands as well, which was a Konami game. And then there's Cliffhanger, which was basically Castle Calgrosso uh, redone as a game. And it, it's pretty terrible. Uh, but most of these were actually done actually for a game, like Badlands, Super Don Quixote, Ninja Hayate, which, by the way, Ninja Hayate has the honor of the fighting song in that game is what was resampled into the Mortal Kombat song. Wow. Yeah, you hear it. You Okay, if you watch Ninja Hayate, Finish him. It, yeah, you hear the and you're like, oh my god, when's it going to scream out Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat! But it never does. But the animation in these things are so fucking good. Like, the water effects, everything is awesome, and you can see why these were so popular, and why you could justify having a 16-foot by 16-foot machine that cost you, like, $200,000 in your arcade, because these things brought in the bucks. But they were a bitch and a half to maintain. Yeah, I was going to say, they broke down all the time. Yeah, so we were looking at how they did Cliffhanger, which actually had an innovative design compared to, say, Dragon's Lair, where they just fucking stuff the uh, the Laserdisc player in there with no air holes and no stability. Like, it was a night, and you'd have to turn the machine around in order to fix it. Well, with Cliffhanger, they actually had doors that would open up so that you could access everything from the front, and it had stability controls... Uh, airflow. I think it had a fan in it. And you're looking at all this and then you go, all that for a shitty game. (laughs) Because Cliffhanger is terrible because the interstitials are all crappy of the time arcade screens. And then you get the beautiful, you know, Miyazaki animation. And it's like chopped up to try to be a game. You know? So... But we did watch a commercial about it, and they were selling the hell out of it. But well, then you compare that. You well, know, go ahead. Well, you know, we're talking about the one type, the quick time event style. Uh, you know, mm. laserdisc games, but there are two different styles because, because you know, the Sega CD is is not that. You know, there's two different types of games that use oh. animation. There, there is the, well, there's there, the no, quick time. I, I didn't even, of, there's the quick time event. I didn't even get event. to the shooting games. I didn't yeah. even get to the shooting games that they did with laserdisc, like Galaxian Three. And Ooh. Attack of the Zolgear, right. which have these gorgeous background. Well, Zolgear less so because it's like taken from a, an amusement park ride in Japan, and they filmed it and they put it in the background. But like Galaxian Three is like it's got these gorgeous backgrounds, and they're really it's by Namco, and they're really using it to their advantage because they can have this beautiful animated background, and then they overlay. 3D, simple 3D shapes on top of it to give you something to shoot. And it looks amazing. And when you when you think of the to- that it's from like 1990, it was actually built in 1990 as a theme park attraction. Mm. And then in 94, they actually started selling them. And this is, this was a hundred and, it was $150,000 to buy this. But they were just, it had dual 
120 inch screens and up to six players. So these things were insane when they got up into like the 90s. But of course, by that point, 3D animation was starting to overtake because it was cheaper. You could, it was faster. It didn't require these people, you know, doing cell by cell by cell and then having to match it up as much, you know. So it, it was an interesting, like, you know, side evolution, I would say, with these Laserdisc games. And I wish, and I kind of, watching this kind of gave me ideas because I was like, oh my God, you could totally use stuff like this nowadays. But I, a lot of games actually utilize this now. They'll have like animated backgrounds, but they're now done like in real time. So, yeah. So that's the evolution of laser. We could keep going on about laser disc games. They're really awesome. <laughs> You know, the other the other type I like is is the one where you know it has its own gameplay style, no matter what the game is, and then mm. and then there are these anime cutscenes. It's a good example of this. Yeah. Is is uh, is around the same time Final Fantasy VII came and practically took over everyone's hearts and minds. Yeah. There was another game that Square came out with called Xenogears, yep. which you know the, the story is this weird existentialism, you know, aliens. It, it, it falls the, the second disc is shit but there is lots of beautiful animation cutscenes that cut, oh, hilariously God. badly dubbed American voice acting that I don't even oh. know they, it's like they pulled people off the street it was hilarious that was one of the first game. that was like one of the first big releases though that I think that like where they were tro Square was like Square hadn't done really any like voice acting up to that point so this was a brand new thing for them yeah and i remember that game was really like i remember the animation was gorgeous i remember like the first part of the game was awesome but of course it suffered from what square was no is notorious for which is okay time to release the game are you done and they're like no <laughs> well hurry it up so the second we gotta get it out by next month the second disc is basically a rock. Is the character sitting in rocking chairs talking you through the I game? I know. I know. It's just so fucking weird. <laughs> you have to expect them I'm to like, have like popsicle yeah. stick puppets. It's not quite. It's not quite the same. Uh, it's not the, quite the same uh, thing as. <laughs> I love that episode of Karikano. No, I know. I love that episode. I think it's like. It's, beautiful but it really is honestly oh shit our budget <laughs> yeah and like that that that's why xenogear i think that's why that game is such a tragedy is because it was set up so well and then it just went but then again like the sequels are kind of like that too i tried to play through them and i was just like nah, i'm not really getting into this <laughs> i mean this kind of weird there's also like lowly robots and shit okay yeah uh, so i had i actually gave up on playing the first game because there was just so many cutscenes and you couldn't skip through them oh, speaking geez. of that shit at least in early games like you 
for the most part, you could cut, you could get through the cutscenes, except for like right. maybe the first. Well, except for some games actually got worse as the cutscenes went on. Like, uh, yeah, like uh, it's not an animation example, but uh, Metal Gear Solid Two is a great example of uh, how how many hours of cutscenes is in that again? Like seven. Eight? Okay. This is this is an irritation I have with like modern games, especially like I was watching someone play Last of Us, and I was like, "Is this just like you keep walking to cutscene to cutscene?" And they said, "Yeah, basically." And I was like, "Fuck, that's not a game." Because like when the Final Fantasy games got less like wandery and became more like going from cutscene to cutscene, is when I got off the boat and. That's really sad because, you know, back in the day, cutscenes were like a special thing because we were like talking about like the Sega CD era and the Saturn era. And like when a cutscene came on, it was like it was amazing. like a, it was like a reward. It was like, yeah, you got this far. Here is a reward. You get to enjoy this beautifully, pe- beautiful piece of animation that we handcrafted for you. Thank you for playing mm-hmm. this hard. It's, it, Some, it's, sometimes beautiful. I mean, there was Spider-Man sometimes. versus the Kingpin, for Christ's sake. Oh, God, yeah, that's true. But, like, even back into the NES era, like, talking about pixel animation, like, you know, cutscenes were a big fucking deal. Because, like, that was a huge, like, amount of memory that you were taking up for this, like, one scene. Ninja Gaiden. And even with, yeah, yeah. And also, like, with Sega CD and Saturn, that was a huge part of the disc, if you were going to put that on there. So, and, like, as they started increasing the number of discs that you got, and, like, the game started blowing up in size, they just started throwing in more and more cutscenes, because it was a cheat. Just throw it in there. We don't have to think about gameplay. We're just putting some cutscenes. Ah, get off my lawn! (laughs) But, I mean, I remember the first time seeing an animated cutscene on a game, and it was because I was at Babbage's, and... It was like they were showing off the Sega C. I think it was they were showing off the Sega CD, and I think it was Popful Mail. Was no, was it Popful Mail? I forgot which game it was, but it was like one of those anime type games. And I remember going, "Oh my god, that is just gorgeous!" Well, if it but wasn't, I didn't own a... if it wasn't Lunar, it might have been Dark Wizard, because Dark Wizard has some pretty oh, damn good animation. Oh, it was. It, okay. It was it was popful mail. Okay. It was popful mail. Um because I remember seeing that and then the Saturn was coming out soon after that and I really wanted a Saturn because I I saw the magazines and they're just cutscene 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 all these gorgeous animated cutscenes and I just was like <gasps> But I didn't end up getting a Saturn because I was a total squarehead back then. <laughs> and I had to get Final Fantasy VII, which I regret to this day. Because, you know, you go into Babbage's and you see the Saturn section, and it's just like all these gorgeous games with the beautiful anime artwork. And, and even like, even like you go look at the, like, you, even the TurboGrafx, there were very few like TurboGrafx CD games, but even those were just like, I want that. But nope. PlayStation, of course, didn't have a lot of 2D animation for the most part. Maybe like Grandia and I'm trying to think what's that other game I'm thinking of that had a 2D animation as an um, RPG. Well, it, what about Lunar? Lunar was on was on PlayStation as well, but it was I think it was mostly because of play, Sony's policy of 
we want only 3D because that's more dull. And Americans will appreciate that more. Well, that was mostly Bernie Stoller. And he wasn't he gone yeah. like very early into the. Yeah, he had enacted that rule. And then yeah. Sony slowly backed out of that. And that's, yeah. And that's why we got Lunar and uh, Ark the Lad collection and all those other things. Yeah, that was, but that was later. That was yeah. really late. And like that was irritating because there were a lot of like in the beginning of PlayStation, there were a lot of like 2D games that had gorgeous cutscenes. And you just didn't get those because of that policy. And I remember drooling over that and, of course, regretting my decision over getting a PlayStation at that point because I was like, well, never going to get those games unless I import. <laughs> and that's going to cost all the money. Right. Yeah. You know, speaking of Lunar, Lunar and especially Lunar 2 on the Sega CD were amazing. I mean, I, that's some of the best animation I've seen on a 16-bit console. I mean that is just wow. Um yeah, I, I I got Lunar too. Nobody believes me when I say this, but I got it in a in like a five dollar bin. And I'm like <gasps> snap. No, no, I believe you because yeah. I've done stuff like that. I've shown up and it's like, OMG, that's a rare system. May I have that? Yeah. <laughs> kind of off topic, but I, I used to work at Toys R Us and one day I was I was getting ready to clock out and I just look at the dollar bin and there's there's uh there's a Final Fight CD, and I'm like, hmm. I go up the clock out, I rush into the room really quick, take my take my work shirt off. I run back, and it's gone. Uh, that that's see when you can find treasures in dollar bins, but they're not there very long. So when I found Lunar 2, I was I grabbed it, and I was that that's like the one of the best uh, value purchases I ever made. Yeah, I I got Lunar 2 because I I actually reserved my Lunar just because I was like. I had to have it because I hadn't had a Sega CD. I didn't go through any of that because, like, I was in the Nintendo land back then. And I had to get it so I could play it because, you know, I drew. I, you know, you saw those ads in every single game magazine with Lunar, and you're just like, oh, it's so beautiful. I want to play so bad. So, who's going to sing? Who's going to sing the song? I'm not singing. <laughs> Okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna I can I can <laughs> just I can just put the sound bite in here. Wishing on a dream that seems far off, hoping it will come today into the starlit night. Foolish dreamers turn their gaze, waiting on a shooting star.
Good job, Neil. That was the best way I've ever heard it in a song. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's see here. It's, uh... Yeah, it's... This is really, you know, like I said, there was a time when cutscenes, just like Kitty Hawk was saying, was like this gift. The special gift of, oh, you made it this far. Congratulations. Here's some beautiful animation. It was a big deal. It was a big freaking deal. Or it was just in the beginning, like in Radiant Silver Gun. Like, you had the animation, and then it was over. Like, that's it. That's all you get. I think you got some animation at the end. I'm not sure, because I've never beaten that game, because (laughs) that game is impossible. Um, But Radiant Silver Gun had this nice animation at the beginning, and that's all you got. You know, and it was was sort of like, like, and a lot of Neo Geo games had that, too. Like, uh, like... Mark of the Wolves has that nice, beautiful a- intro with uh, Terry Bogart, Bogart and uh, Rock Howard are about to fight, and they're just like the movement is so nice. And like uh, I'm trying to think of like Neo Turf Masters for for Neo Geo has some really good animation with like golfing, right. and but it was just you know little bits just to give a little bit of flavor. It then got out of hand. Right. That kind of sounds yeah. like uh, like Dragon Force on the Saturn and what's that other game? Uh... Uh, yeah. uh, Silhouette Mirage. Yeah, had, had an opening cutscene. Sonic CD. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the fa- the famous uh, Sonic CD intro, which um, like I saw some pencil tests for the other day, and you know, like I said, it just gave flavor because it's sort of like how box art on games used to be like amazing paintings, and then you get the game, and it's just like these dinky little sprites. Or amazing in the wrong way, like Mega Man. <laughs> oh, not Mega Man 8. <laughs> I forgot about that. One of the oh, greatest, one of the greatest, uh, you know, it's, I, I like, I like trolling Capcom better than serious Capcom. When we find that video, Man, we'll find Dr. Wily. Yeah, the, the voice acting was terrible on that game. Like, you see this gorgeous animation, and then he talks. Why does Bass. he sound like Homer Fudd? <laughs> Yeah, yes, like, what my, why, why must we fight? We are not enemies. And Bass is like, uh, shut up. No, it's base. God damn it. Base, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I played that game and I just ignored the voice acting because I was just like, I'm not paying attention. It sounds, like well, it, was, it sounds like it was dubbed by the same people who did the Headmasters cartoon. <laughs> it, honestly, you know, with, 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 Sparkle. with Capcom... I know it probably was just some people in the office. I, I don't even... I'm not even kidding, because that, that kind of shit happened a and lot. You know, watch out! Like, uh, like, in a lot of games, they'll just say, hey, come on over here, do voice. Like Daphne, for instance, we, we, you know, in Dragon's Lair, she's the secretary. And <laughs> they call her in and say, hey, voice. can you do this? Yes. And so the sexy voice of Daphne is just someone in the office. So... Well, and they, that right there, yeah. They what? probably gave her some good direction too. It was like, now sound like a total bimbo. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well, oh, if you if you watch that animation, the animation of her, you know exactly what kind of voice to right. give her. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, like, that's she because... just she just moves so sensually, and she's just so adorable, and you're just like. That is gonna be so squeaky. <laughs> that, that's that's because animator and Mormon Don Bluth used a lot of Playboys as reference. Clearly, of course he did. I mean, I, I would um, I would see her in the intro and then I'd go play with a different joystick. 
Because you're never getting you're never getting to the end of that game. Why? That's why YouTube was in, why God gave us YouTube so that we could just watch the end. Well, there's of... well these well these games also came with watch mode when you buy them. Yeah, if you buy yeah, them on true. DVD or Blu-ray, you could just watch them because. Yeah. And honestly, if you have any if you have those, any though. input lag on your on your video game console and your TV, you're you're not gonna be able to play them anyway. Yeah. Especially like Space Ace. That game's impossible. Yeah. Yeah, well, Neil, let's also talk about not waiting, not being able to wait to Bombs of the Dongos here, as per your list. Oh, God. Hotel Mario, Wanda, Link, Wanda Gamera, ah! Link Faces of Evil. This is right up there with the Spider-Man game on Sega CD. No, it's worse than that, because the Spider-Man game on Sega CD is at least playable. These... Okay, Thayer's Quest anima animation is, like, classic, like, British-type animation, mm -hmm. and it looks kind of crappy. I don't know who the fuck they got for those Legend of Zelda games, because they are all over the place. Like, nothing matches. They're just sort of, ugh. See, when you say Thayer's Quest looks like classic British animation, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the, uh... The giant foot to fall on got, the, uh... It, yes. it kind of it has, like, a British look to it. And it's, then this is just, like, I have no I am not seeing something completely different. Uh -huh. Okay. And now for something and, uh, completely different. Yes, Neil had to make the reference. But yeah, it's uh yeah, the uh, the uh, the the CDI games are infamously badly animated. It's uh, this is this is when, you know, when I talked about, you know, more more, you know, more frames a second, Pablo points to this to say this has like a really high frame rate, but that's why it looks bad is because the animators are like doing going everywhere. I thought it looked bad because oh. it's drawn like shit. <laughs> well, also, you have to keep in mind that these teams, actually, a lot of the resources they got for these games came from Nintendo themselves because they were that shitty. They had to have help. So, like, really, what, what really has happened here is with the CDI, it was Philips thought they could make a game system. And no, they couldn't. <laughs> you know what, Neil? This might be revenge for for all you know for all the bad you know Japan took on us as a whole for all the bad storyboards that were sent to them in the eighties. They're like I don't they're like know. you know they they said us some really you know some really vague uh, concepts I you think... know animation concepts to American animators and we get this. I think it's just that Philips Magnavox did not know how to make a system. Did you have you ever seen yeah. the CDI controller? Yes. It, okay. The last the last system. My, they fr made, my friend my friend Peter looked, is it, my friend Peter is a weird person, and what he does is he spends his time going on going on uh, going on eBay and buying weird shit no one wants to buy. Like he bought he bought like ten like ten rolls of of uh, processors of of really old processors that are still like like on a sheet because he wanted to and, nice and he bought he, he bought like a like three geiger counters because he wanted to and he bought like i don't know why he bought well, like five cdis like all the, three versions of them well the first That's the first awesome. thing ever sold on ebay was a broken pen wasn't it but anyway the cdi controller 
it looks like an like an ASCII grip, except the ASCII grip is awesome, and this was not. Yeah. I, it's well, supposed I mean, to be like a one-handed controller, but you cannot possibly play it without two hands. So you have this re- really weird sort of grip you have to have on it. It's just awful. Well, considering their last console was like, before that was like made in 1978, and then the CDI comes out in like 1991, yeah, but it's, it's obvious that they were not ready like, to do this again. Yeah, but it's, it's they like... They were never ready. It's like they saw the controller for the Atari 7800, and they were like, okay... Yeah. How can we take this and make it worse? Um, and then they did. Yeah. Well, because it's supposed to because it's supposed to look like a TV remote was the was the concept, kind of like how the Intellivision had its remote like looked like a, a remote control. I but, remember I remember some DVD company tried to make the DVD players and and their controllers, and they were even selling DVD quote unquote games which is just like DVDs with really complicated menu programming. Yeah, it, actually yeah. I played some of those DVD games uh, cuz I got a few of them for free. Like uh, a lot of them were like like etchy type games. I would yeah. get them for free when I worked at GameStop. Well, it's basically um, what the Dragon's Lair DVD is. Yeah, and like we would play those and they weren't terrible. In fact, um I went to one convention and in my little goodie bag I got for being a guest, <clears throat> there was a um there was actually a Choose your own adventure, like it was like a dating, almost like a dating sim slash horror game. I, I don't remember what it was, but it would have some interstitials of animation, and then, and then it was mostly like a dating sim most of the time, like you mm. know, talking and stuff like that. Um, I don't have it anymore, unfortunately, but it was interesting because for a while those were coming out, but you don't see them anymore, mostly because I think most people are on the internet and. Like the idea of playing a game on your DVD, most people are like, "What?" Well, I got a system for that. Yeah, because like explaining to people Laserdisc games was is difficult because they well, one you have to explain Laserdisc, and then it's like a big DVD. Yeah, and then and then then you have to explain. So you know, like when you're playing like something like God of War or Shenmue or you know any modern game, and suddenly you just have to hit buttons. Imagine if the game was just that. Oh, you mean Resident Evil 4? Oh. Oh, thank you. Easy now. (laughs) Resident Evil 4 is a great Resident Evil game ruined by QuickTime events. It's just, well, QuickTime events are cheap, and you can can just put them in the game, and then you don't really have to think about, like, okay, so when this person fights this character, how do they connect, and blah, 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 blah. No, let's just animate that, and then we'll just have them hit a button. And that's similar to what's going on here with, like, you know, when the Laserdisc games, it was just sort of like, well, we want this beautiful animation. Uh, we'll just make it a quick time event. There we go. Done. It's easy. And uh, and there's also one Zelda game here that you didn't include, Neil. There's, there is actually... Yeah, but I don't think that one has animation, does it? Well... No, it doesn't, but it is a sequel to these two games. And it, actually, the, one of these two games you also play is Zelda. Mm. Yeah, Zelda's Adventure. Yeah. And uh, Zelda's Adventure, I think, does have animation. Oh, okay. It, oh. And uh, the interesting thing is... Uh, you know, yeah, it does, actually. People, no, people... wait, no, no. It uses FMV cutscenes. That was it. That was why Zelda's Adventure was so weird. It was live action. But it was a sequel to these. Well, the thing, the weird thing to me is, is actually one of these two Link games does let you play a Zelda. 
Yeah, that's that's Zelda's adventure. That's what. No, I'm no, talking. no, no, no. It's it's like it's like you know, one one the Gamelon is is you play as Link and Faces of Evil, you play as Zelda. I see. Okay, and the, but then there's Zelda's adventure, yeah. Which is the third of the of the uh, yeah. of the uh, trifecta of uh, suck. Yeah, and then you play as Zelda. Yeah. So I guess Zelda got to got to be in two two of the games then. Oh, well, excuse me, princess. I know, because, like, let's see. Yeah, Zelda's the hero of uh, Wanda Gamelon, so... Yes, I got them mixed up. But Yeah, the... and then Zelda's Adventure. So Zelda has starred in two games. Yay! Eat it, Anita. Well... <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of that, okay, I got a, a side on this. So Nintendo is starting to try to do these Nintendo Starlets things, where they're trying to do, like, a Disney princess thing. Mm -hmm. And so their lineup includes Pauline, Peach... Uh, that girl from uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Rosalina. And, yeah, Rosalina. And then two versions of Zelda, like Little Zelda and Older Zelda. Are you t are you talking are you talking about uh, are you talking uh, about Pirate Zelda and and uh, Twilight Princess Zelda? Yes, and so I'm like, there's two Zeldas there. There are two links in, in is, Super Smash Bros. This is just I going to get are. Yuri fan art all over DeviantArt. Well, that's, of course, what this is for. This is basically like, look, we've got one, too! Yay! And this one you can fat, too, because mostly of you people are older. What about... So, isn't Samus in this? Uh, or is she not... No, like, she's, not, she's not in the Starlets. I was just, like, confused by this, because I'm like, okay, where's Samus? We're, oh, okay. Well, so uh, I, I think it's because she's not a princess. I, I think this is like the Disney princess thing, where they don't count yeah. Milan because Milan's not a princess. That's such a mistake. But, no, no, they've actually started including her, because there were some complaints about how, like, where's the Asian princess? Um, well, Maluna, Milan isn't a princess. But She was they, a farm girl. Let's see. I'm trying to think of all the princesses and if they are all actually princesses. Belle isn't a princess. Belle counts as a... Well, no. Belle isn't a princess. And Belle does not become a princess because Beast is not a prince. Well, yeah. she's a countess. Well, I guess that kind of... Uh... Yeah, so see, like, we've already, we've already torn some holes through this. Also, where's Daisy? And where's Plum? Daisy! I mean, like, where are they? Nope. Nowhere to be seen. But oh, well. Peach is including the new Sp Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. She well, she's always in there. No, and as as a, as a fighter. Oh, Peach has been a fighter since like the Are GameCube you sure? Version. Are you sure? Yeah, she was in the GameCube version, and then she was in the Wii version. Okay. And I think she's going to be in this version too, because uh, I always played as her until I'd unlocked Sonic and in the Wii version, and I just play as Sonic. Mm. Uh, Villager's coming in the new one though, so I'll probably just play as Villager. Villager? Yeah, Villager from Animal Crossing. Okay. Who's an axe maniac? Oh, a Villager. Okay. Well, his name—he's just—they're calling him Villager. It's kind of like uh, Wii Fit. Also, where's Wii Fit Trainer? I gotta be honest. When I did Wii Fit, I always used the female trainer because if I'm going to exercise, I want to look at something. Well, and also because like I actually I... tried the male trainer, and his voice is just annoying. You know. If anyone from Nintendo is listening to this, I have a, I have a request. Uh, I know the female trainer is a playable character in the new Smash Brothers game. One of her costumes has got to be the Flashdance costume. Please, yes! Please do this. Yes! <laughs> yes, we had a conversation about the 80s earlier and yes. how Neil is just so ingrained in the 80s. I think that movie contributed a lot to my... Um, 
I guess you would say obsession with girls and leotards. It's time for intermission, boys and girls. The Pull Bag is the GCRN's place for everything you need in the comic book world. We focus on new and current comics while also tackling a few back issues here and there. So join the entire GCRN crew and see what issues the hosts have with today's panels. You can find The Pull Bag on iTunes and geekcastradio.com. Make your great escape into comics. What's wrong? Feeling pixelated? Well, excuse me, princess. Hi, this is TV's Mr. Neil. Join Blanchard and me as we sit down to watch some <clears throat> classic video game-based cartoons. Super Mario Brothers, Sonic, Zelda, Captain N, and more. A total of nine cartoons spanning 100 episodes. You can check out Pixels in the Animation on the GeekCast Radio Network at geekcastradio.com. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. And now back to the show. But uh, but yeah, the uh, the animation games. I mean, yeah. the uh, Neil talk about Time Gal. Time Gal. Time Gal. <laughs> Time Gal is awesome because it's basically Yuri from the Dirty Pair. I mean, unambiguously, it's Yuri. But no, just, she's like, supposed different... to be Lom. Well, oh, she's, really? she's Lom, and Yuri had a baby. That's I read up oh. on. The reason she's got green hair is she's supposed, and the reason she's got those pouty little lips, she's supposed to be Lom. Lum and Yuri having having a baby together. There needs to be banner. Yes. So that's what Time Gal is. But uh, Lum and Yuri's baby. What I love about Time Gal is that as she's going through as she's going through time, she gets to like uh, the 1990s, and I think she hits the year 2000 and 2010. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, those are in the past. Where are the cyberpunks? Where are my no, fly? No, where are my rocket bikes? Dude, don't you remember when the cyberpunks invaded America in 2001? No, it was, was, it, was, really it, was around, it was around 1997 when the eugenics wars happened and Khan took over half of Asia. Actually, it's in 1994 when the, uh, when the meteor went between the Earth and the moon and ripped the world asunder from, uh, you know, Thundar. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Well, it was also around 20-0-X when uh, Mega Man took, <laughs> took place. Exactly. So, yeah, I was watching Time Gal. What? Yeah, I was watching. Oh well, there's also pterodactyls with the uh, with the um, cavemen. I think it's like forty thousand BC. So maybe this is an alternate world. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I love the fact that one of her deaths. She has funny deaths, but one of her deaths is that if she if she shoots the cavemen, she erases <laughs> herself from history. Oh my god, that was really creepy. That too, was hilarious. She just gets this wide, wide eyes, and they're like, then she just sort of fades away. <laughs> but most of them are cute. Like her top gets cut off, and she's like, yeah, and the, or her her bottom gets cut off, and she's like, yeah, and then it turns chibi. And a lot of yeah, she turns chibi in a lot of them. 
Yeah. Well, me, she, it, yeah, yeah, she's saying that the whole time. And of course, you know, the, because, like, you don't see her mouth, they can put in, like, voice samples wherever they want. Mm. Oh, and also, whenever you die, the guy goes, ah, 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 yeah, I love that playthrough. Uh, it's on YouTube. It has some of the deaths in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then there's and then there's Badlands, which is the um the cowboy one that was done by Konami. And whenever you would die, uh, it would show up, you up, like up, injured, up. and you'd be carried along. And then if you actually lost all your lives, you turn into an angel and you'd wave to the camera and fly away. <laughs> and they just had so much character. The uh the laserdisc games, especially like, you know. Well, Dragon's Lair 2 is just perfection. Dragons, you get down to... Dragon's Lair 2, Time Guy. Oh, Time Warp. Yeah, Time Warp is just insane. Well, it's, well, it's the know. same premise as Time Gal, almost. Well, you yeah, know, it you is, but... Ask like... yourself one question, Neil. What? You know, let's do the Time Warp again. Oh. <sighs> Except that, you know what, Time Warp was like all... What, what I liked about Time Warp compared to Time Gal, Time Gal didn't really skip around. It was it was straightforward, whereas Dragon's Lair switches it up, and you don't know what you're going to go to next. Like, the Eden scene is hilarious, with the big fat Eve, and she's going, oh, and she looks kind of like Daphne. And you don't really get to that, you, you randomly get to that one. I, that was my question, it was, it was yeah. randomized. Yeah, it was randomized, where, that's why it was... Like, because Time Gal is, like, a lot more easy to play because um, it actually shows you the direction that you're supposed to hit, and it is in order, and so you kind of can memorize how to do things. Maybe there was a randomization mode, but I don't really, I didn't look into that. I don't think there would be, because Dragon's Lair is insane in how, like, open-ended it is, and that's basically because that's Don Bluth and Rick Dyer who were the kings of those type of games. So, I don't know. Maybe Time Gal... Time Gal is pretty straightforward. And also, Badlands is pretty straightforward, too. But then you've got, like, you know, Space Ace and Dragon's Lair and Dragon's Lair 2, which are like, what's coming up next? Fuck if you know. <laughs> you know, just watching Dragon's Lair 2, I'm like, wow, there are... there. This is way more complicated than Dragon's Lair. I mean, there are so many times that you is. have to, like... You have to have your have to have really good reflexes and know when to hit things. Or and, know what symbols, like, appearing on the screen. Yeah. Because symbols appear. And, and, I, like, and I think even as you've won the game, there's still, like, little events that you have to get through. Okay, so you, when you win the game, you're still fighting bosses, mm -hmm. like little baddies, while Daphne is waking up. And then you still have to fight as you're escaping. And you're like, I just want to look at Daphne, but nope, sorry, you have to continue to fight. And you get out, and then you get a scene with them and the family, and everyone's happy on their little time machine. And, my God, the number of children. Also, Daphne still having that figure after all those children. My God. Well, if she looked like that perpetually, I, I think I'd be having that many children with her as well. Yeah, and I think <laughs> you could put up with the mother-in-law, because the game starts out with the mother-in-law going, Daphne got kidnapped again? What are you doing here? And she's actually attacking you, trying to kill yeah, you. Yeah, she's actually attacking you and trying to kill you. She chases you into the castle. And that's... And then she, I think you lose her when you fight the snake. Right. Yeah, the Scottish snake. <laughs> okay. Oh, that crazy Don Bluth. Yeah, wow. oh, but like watching that, you're just like, I can feel the hand pain. Right. I can feel my eyes growing dimmer. 
as I watch this animation. And Space Ace just looks impossible. Well, it, it and even like you know as even Time Gal and like those other games are pretty amazing too. Like you can the Toei animation is in full effect, hmm. and Ninja Hayate is pretty good too. Like the animation is really awesome on that. But it just does not, I'm sorry, it does not reach the level of Don Bluth. And thank God that Rick Dyer was there to keep Don Bluth employed during the bad times. So. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the early yeah. 80s was not a good time for Don Bluth. He was like, I'm going to make my own movie. And then he puts it no, out. And what else comes out? E.T. Well, because, because what had happened is, is he got, he got off the boat too late. Well, actually, it's just because of how what how old he was. Like, if he had done that in the '70s, he would have been okay. But by the '80s, all that had been shored up. So, but like Rick Dyer was willing to spend tons and tons and tons of money on his Halcyon console, and it never came through because it was just insane. It was like twenty five hundred dollars, and and it had voice control and it was awesome, but. Like, everyone who looked at it was like, what the hell is this? I almost wish I could get one, but I think it would be like... I don't even know if they actually get made it to production. And if they did, then they're probably impossible to get. Yeah. And also probably breaking down by this point, because a lot of Laserdisc players are. Yeah. Sad, because I mean, I have a Laserdisc player, but as it gets older, it takes longer and longer for it to, to warm up. It has mm. to warm up. And, you know, watching it do that, you're just like, that's going to die. <laughs> so, can't play the games as you wanted. At least we can sort of simulate it nowadays. Yeah, I think there is an emulator out there for these games. So. Yeah, there are. And they pretend like they're a Laserdisc player and they have all the skipping and shit. The, you know, all the stutteriness and wonderful. Yeah, that's right. Whenever, so it's like, you know. Whenever it would jump scenes, I mean, it was not silky smooth. It was like clearly a no. No, and, like, that's why I guess, like, you know, it's great we live here in the future where we can sort of not have that. Because you remember, like, um, when early Saturn games, they would have cutscenes, and then there would be a black screen for a while. This was before loading screens really caught on. Like, especially, like, Virtua Fighter was, like, notorious for that. Like, you would make the selection, and then a black screen comes up, and you're like, I have no idea what's going on. Is it loading? <laughs> It sounds like it's loading. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see here. I think we got pretty much everything else taken care of. Yep. I think so. So uh, it, what else is left in the list, Neil? Um, we pretty much went through everything on my list. My list wasn't very long. Oh, uh, Ninja Gaiden. I didn't want to talk. Nin okay, you talk about Ninja Gaiden, now I want to talk about Vegas Battle, because this, okay, this is the one I wanted to talk well, about. Well, the only thing I want to say about Ninja Gaiden is that this is the earliest game that I know of, really, that... Uh, that incorporates the cutscene into the traditional video game, uh, where you, you run through a side-scrolling stage, and then uh, you get to the end, and instead of some mushroom retainer telling you that the uh, the princess is in some other castle, you get a whole cutscene with actual characters and dialogue and, and unique artwork. Yeah. And for that to happen on the NES was amazing because of the, the ROM size limitations. It, it, it took a lot. And, yeah. and with the dialogue, there was a whole lot of Ryu saying, uh, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, Golgo 13 also had cutscenes, but not as amazing as that. Like, some games did, but it was usually a, lo a lot of resources on the, the cartridge, so they weren't used as much back then. Um, 
I heard those Golgo 13 games were wretched. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they got one thing going for them. And it proves that Golgo 13 is more of a man than Solid Snake because Solid Snake, when he smokes in the game, he loses health. Golgo 13, when he smokes, he gains health. Yep. <laughs> Duke Togo is the man. He is the man. Uh, but I was going to talk about Vega's Battle, which is one of these Laserdisc games. And this is an example, kind of like Galaxian 3, where they would take background, they would take animation, they would put it in the background. And they also would use, like, cutscenes from... Okay, so there's this anime called Harmageddon, and it originally was oh, called uh, Genma Tyson. And this is, like, one of those anime that was, like, from the 80s that they tried to market in the 90s. And it was done by Rintaro. The story was by Ishinori. The, the, the style, like, the character designs were done by Otomo. And it's... The character designs are great. There's some beautiful animation in it. But the motherfucker is, like, over two hours. And I tried sitting through the anime, and I just couldn't get through it. And it's because it's really slow shit. So we, we went and watched the video game, which is Vegas Battle, which came out, like, I think four months after the anime came out. And it was done by Data East, who ended up taking the animation, and they would put it in the background, and then they would put these sprites in the foreground and that was the game mm. Mm. and then they would intersperse in animation for different scenes like when you would die you would melt like it happened in harmageddon um and it was pretty true to the anime like um the first the first uh level is especially annoying because luna is yelling at you catch me Vega, catch me catch me <laughs> and you're just like uh and you got to hear this like a billion times because the game is like incredible. It's like one of those we didn't really play test it hard. I have a feeling because it the guy kept dying, mm -hmm. and this was an example of like cliffhanger and like those and when they saw Dragon's Lair and then they were like we can do that too. No, you can't. You can't repurpose animation to make a game. <laughs> so if you want pain, um, go play Vega's Battle or Cliffhanger, which are just repurposed anime. If you want. Slight pain, go play like Time Gal or, or like Badlands, which the animation is actually made for the game. And if you just want to kill yourself, go play Dragon's Lair. <laughs> or, or if you want to enjoy it, just hit watch mode. Yeah, or, or go play Thayer. If you can, go play Thayer's Quest. It's, it's just an adventure game. It's actually pretty interesting. And it's only, I think, a fourth of what he wanted to do anyway. So play it and be amazed at like the fact that this guy wanted to make an adventure game using animation in, like, the 90s with voice control. Yep. So, yeah, Vegas Battle is horrible. And Harmageddon, I couldn't even get through it. Jesus Christ, that, that was terrible. You just wanted to close your eyes? <sighs> wanted to fall asleep? No, it was more like, <laughs> when is the... Okay, that guy's face melted in. That was pretty cool, but, like, when's something going to happen? Also, why does this guy want to fuck his sister? <laughs> Because Japan. Yeah, because Japan. Anyway. So yeah, Laserdisc games. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Alright, so I think that wraps up our look. Uh, we should probably do a follow-up on this eventually, but... Uh, yeah. But yeah, this looks. This is our look at uh, animation and video games. Uh, one of the m one of the more fun episodes we've done here. Uh, this is yours, Ben. We have TV's, Mr. Neil. 
And Kitty Hawk of Sparkling Generation, Valkyrie Yuki, SGBY.com. Sexy fun. You'll enjoy. And we're saying goodnight. Bye. Night. Catch me. Catch me. Dr. Light, how's it going? Will it be okay? I'm almost finished. The battery will be charged in 10 minutes. That's good. By the way, what do you make of these? These? Seems to be energy resources. But I've never seen this type on Earth. I don't know where this energy came from, but I cannot let it fall into Dr. Wowie's hands. <laughs> you must recover all the energy immediately, Mega Man. But where is Dr. Wiley? That's a good question. We may be able to locate another energy emission from the radar room. When we find that meteor, we'll find Dr. Wowie. a record of my best work. Who's there? Fortunately, I now have a chance to surpass it. The world will once again be mine on a delicious half shell. And you can't stop me, Lucia. How do you know who I am? Oh, where are my manners? Let me introduce myself. I am Galleon. <gasps> Yes, I am the same galleon that was buried and left a cursed memory. And yet I now live again. Truly, if there is a god of destiny, he is fond of plot twists. <laughs> and so am I. The time is not yet right for our decisive encounter. We will meet again, dear Lucia. It's our destiny. <laughs> oh, so uh, 
So earlier in the chat room, Kitty Ocker were having a discussion about what does what does uh, Canada have left after Blackberry? <laughs> Dirty oil sands. And uh, we, you know, Shatner. They don't have him anymore. Okay, uh, not Trebek either. Um, uh, nope. Let's see here. They have Alpha Alpha Flight. Um. Yeah. They used to have DigiPen back in the day. But they all, they also slowly, have slowly. they also have the uh, the uh, first male gay superhero character that was raped by a woman. Okay. Yeah. I I'm I'm, ta- I'm talking about North Star. I I know who it is. Okay. I know. Okay. I'm just. <laughs> yeah this this was a weird story in the comics. It was. I bet. No, it, it it really is less complicated than it sounds. Basically, uh, you know who Purple Man is, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> there's a there's a character named Purple Man. Yes, that is his name, Purple Man. Okay. Purple did he, Man. Did he hang out with a with a clown who eats hamburgers or by any chance? No, no. Purple Man is 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 a deviant whose power is he's his skin is purple and he gives off a pheromone that makes everyone obey his commands. Ah, I see. So what happened is Purple Man had a daughter who's named Persuasion, and what happened is she met uh, North Star and like made him her guy slave. Sex slave. Okay, I see. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the whole story. There, there's not really mu- that much left after that. That that's that's the whole story. It's it wasn't that good a story and. Well, I mean, you're trying to find things that Canada has, and I guess they still have a pretty good healthcare system, and um, their banks haven't totally gone to bullshit. So, yeah, there we go. They have. Uh... They have Poutine. Uh, yeah, they, Kitty Hawk. Uh... That's Quebec, though, and Quebec wants to secede. So, oh, okay. Yeah. They have. Uh, what do they have? Uh... They have Tim Hortons. Uh, I know what's going to happen. Kitty Hawk is Kitty Hawk. What's going to happen is uh, JT from Saskatoon is going to post a list of what Canada has at this episode. All right, I can't wait. Probably all going to be all professional wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bret that's Hart. okay. I mean, I well, mean, they they it, it, I know what they have. They have a they have a way to pronounce Mario and about. They they pronounce a bunch of things weird, like uh, well, what's the one word that's perfect? They'll say they, the same. They'll say the same about you because. They they cannot say the word perfect. They say it like two different words. They, yeah. they say perfect. <laughs> okay, okay. Here in Australia, it's not oregano. It's oregano. I'm not even shitting you. But is it <laughs> is it aluminum or aluminium? It's aluminium. And then, uh, what's the other one that throws me for a loop? Whining is not spelled the way you think it is. It's got like an extra G and an H in there. And it's like, I thought it was whinging at first. And I was like, whinging? Oh, what I the got... fuck is whinging? Okay, so to me, it's flashlights, elevators, and crossing guards. But yeah. to the Brits, it's it's torches, lifts, and lollipop men. Yeah. Oh, and, and oh, they're not flip flops; they're thongs. And I've, I've <laughs> yeah. that before. So though. that that leads to a bunch of confusion. There's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, there is. There really, honestly, is because this comes up a lot, actually. Because the Australians were like. Does it involve a camel, Neil? It comes up. It it has, actually. Because you're like, I'm looking for thongs. And then they have to say, "Uh, okay, which one? 
Oh, yeah. You stupid. Why don't we can't use the word flip-flop? No, 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 no. We don't want to use the word flip-flop. Sandal. You can't use, because sandal's a totally different thing, too. Sandal, it means buckles on it. So, it's like, uh, so you just use brand names sometimes. Hyvanas. Oh, okay. You know what the, you know what the, you know what the buckle on the, on the sandal is called? What? You'll love this. Caligula. Excellent. My <laughs> favorite awesome. is, is Fanny in, in Brita. In oh, Britain. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a fanny pack is. <laughs> well, that's why it's more on the front. Yeah. And I'm like, now I get it. Oh, one of the funniest things that ever happened in Family Guy is a joke that I didn't get for like three months. Um, it was the one where they they had start they had like Star Trek: The Next Generation in, in a skit, and uh, yep, and uh, what's his name? Captain Picard says, uh, "Lieutenant Worf's head looks like a fanny," and I'm like, oh, yep. "Okay, what's funny about that?" And then like three weeks later, I'm like, "Wait a minute, he's British." Yep. <laughs> he's a Brit. He's British playing a Frenchman. Yes. But still. And then you can all suck my loaves after that, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridges, ridges. Ridges, ridges, but... Playhouse yeah. have ridges, Ferengis have loaves. <laughs> How's everything else going? Pretty good. Other than... Well, the, the finding my Hawaiian Hello Kitty bag in shreds, that was great. And then the rice bin had been broken into. Aww. It's like... God damn it, I put this in plastic and the little motherfucker chewed through it last night. I didn't hear it because they were doing something outside with a generator. I don't even know what the hell's going on, so I didn't hear it. Ugh. Oh well. Oh. Uh, I'm out of here. Whatever. Well, yeah, I just finished a trip from uh, Phoenix to uh, DFW. Oh, how'd that go? Well, first I flew there Friday night. Yeah. Then I stayed one day with the family. Sunday, me and my dad drove back because I, I the only reason i flew down there was just to make sure just to make sure he got back okay so yeah yeah from phoenix to odessa in the first day which is about 10 to 11 hours on the in the car is what 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 interstate is that on 10 okay that's how i know and i know about odessa and then yeah. from odessa to dfw was another five so that's yeah yeah, it's lots of driving. Yeah. Lots of, yeah. yeah so. but, but but that was really nice of you to do that, because your dad didn't need to be driving and all, so. Yeah, yeah, so. Hey, how are you doing, Neil? I'm doing good. That's very, very good of you to be doing good. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I really don't. It's, uh, it's You're, you're kind of tired, aren't you? No, actually, I slept really well. It's, so we, oh, stay, okay. we stayed at Motel 6 in, in, the, in the Odessa. It was, it, was, yep. it was actually kind of cheap as was the flight there was actually kind of cheap I was actually flying a flight that was under 200 bucks for a one way flight on the, at, the mm. last, at the last minute that was actually quite cheap for a flight yeah that's actually really damn cheap um, and well Motel 6 is always great because like you just show up it's great they have um, it's it's cheap but it's not like crawling with bugs or anything no it wasn't it was it was yeah. rather nice yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I got everything else taken care of. And, uh, yeah, yeah just was tr just trying to relax. And and I was also thinking of, uh, you know, just just <coughs> looking at looking at different mangas and stuff like that. Yeah, so, it, yeah I really honestly haven't had a chance to look at them because it's just been, like, uh, this week. Let's see, what, what did I, I was doing, like, work and stuff. And then I tried to watch Harmageddon. And... Harmageddon. 
Yeah, that's like one of those like you know, '80s anime that they released in the U.S. in the '90s, and it was it's directed by Rin Taro. It has character designs by Otomo, and it's written by Ishinari. But this thing was just utter shit. Anyway, we'll talk about it on the show because this is related to animation and video games. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to Friday because because uh, just you know, looking forward. Well, Saturday. I'm looking forward to Saturday. I should say. What's going on Saturday? Uh, you're doing a sketch fiend. Oh shit! I think of that as Sunday, so that's why I was like Saturday, because I I do it on Sunday, so I always think of it like Sunday, because you know. Well, you advertise it as Saturday. Yeah, well, I do that because uh, because like the few times I've ever like tried to do like Central Time or even here Australian Time, I get so many emails like. What is that in my time? And I'm like, Ugh. so I just uh, and I've even had some Australians fuss at me and say you should have listened in Australian time, but I'm like, no, because <laughs> inevitably Americans will ask you, what is that in my time? And you're like, it's called the internet. Use it. You just type in the time and then you say what would it be in your city? Google Google actually will tell you if you type in that oh. in as a question. Yeah, yeah, and and I've told them this, but they don't. They're like, yeah, well, that's hard. Google will also tell you, Kevin. We will also tell you Brad Pitt's bacon number, who he's married to, and how long they've been married. It will also tell you that it's not EST DST, it's EDT. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's see here. Uh, shoot. So, so yeah, it's. I sent you actually a couple of mangas to read. So. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I'm sorry I haven't gotten to it. No, it's fine, it's fine. I've been with my small screen most of the weekend, so it's like, I've been mostly reading news stories, like, about the Steam OS, and, uh, that Microsoft is going to be selling the Surface 2 cheaper in Australia than it is in the U.S., as an attempt to try to get some goodwill after the disastrous Surface launch here, because they marked it up by, like, it was, like, one one and a half times as much Ooh. as the American one, so it was like no one here touched them. Even they they had them, and they eventually had them in the stores. Still, people would not buy them because they were just so prohibitively expensive. So they're I think they're trying to say we're we're sorry that we tried to do the Australia tax on you. Because <laughs> uh, you yes. know they include they they include tax here, but even with the tax included, there's no reason it's a like. One and a half times the price. It's just, come on, Microsoft. You want people to use your products, right? <laughs> but then again, everyone does it here. Though I, Apple's sort of backing off on it. And I've noticed recently, like, consumer electronics are starting to get cheaper. Mm. So that's, maybe they're starting to learn that there's money still here. That would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and let's see what else is happening. Oh, yeah, convention... In November. That's in, coming up. In November. Yep. It's going to be hot. And they put us in a chicken shed. It's awesome. A chicken shed? Yeah, a chicken shed. Um, they hold it at the RNA showgrounds, which are like where they hold the country fair. So they put the artist alley in the chicken shed. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Maybe this year they'll turn on the chillers. Mm. You know, there's actually. You, you know, driving through through you know right next to Mexico, I actually got to see Mexico over the oh, fence yeah? while driving. Oh, did you get El to Paso. see the big flag? Did you get to see the big flag? I got to see the big flag. Ooh, 
I got to see the Bigfoot. Never been to Mexico. Only seen it from the U.S. Yes, because I think we were, I forget, we were just driving past. And I was like, there's the Bigfoot. Yeah, I got to see Juarez. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. Yes. Yeah. Well, probably viewing it from that side is probably the best. Don't go over there. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool that you, but I mean, that's pretty, pretty nice drive. I remember like doing that, I think a couple of times and, um, it's very flat going through Texas. Like I remember it was just like nothing for miles, but it was something, it was really pretty though. Yes. All right. So how's everything else going, Kitty Hawk? Uh, pretty good. Just, uh, getting comic pages done, uh, getting ready for the convention in November uh, it's the big one in Brisbane, and let's see, I'm moving, that too, I have to do that too. And The Fiend? So. Uh, yes, and The Fiend this weekend, um, that'll be excellent, I'm looking forward to it, I've been like, done one in a while, we need to do one! Yes. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it this weekend, and then, let's see, what else is happening? Uh, not much else, it's getting hot as hell here, which means I can't work during noon mm. sucks yeah that's why i need ac because it's just i have to admit that it's just too hot i have to move in dc what <sighs> ice cold ac oh yeah, yeah, yeah ice cold ac to set you free but other than that let's see um we we watched harmageddon and um we watched all those laser disc games and then trevor i think he finally got all of robocop so the uh, old cartoon the old cartoon yeah the one he that's actually got... decent i think that's the one he got i'll have to make sure if not, it's not, the horrible not, one not, we'll watch that too oh god it's uh i don't know which i forgot i forgot to ask him which version he got I, he just told me today oh i got that i went okay and i forgot to ask is it the good one or the bad one <laughs> it's the one where they actually animate red foreman very briefly <laughs> now is that versus is that cartoon uh, actually in canon? Because there were there were like three or four different Robo RoboCop uh, TV shows. There was like a network TV live action one, and a cable TV Ooh. live action one, and they were both canonical with with each other. Was the cartoon ever canonical? The first one probably could be the most canonical, except they actually it's 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 weird to watch because it's a it's such a weird concept for kids. Your hero is this guy who got horribly horribly shot to death, and is now in completely in a robot body and can never can never be human again. But he is so dedicated to the law that he just does that. It's such a horrible horrible dark concept. Yeah. And and uh, it, it's it's like hey hey kids next up RoboCop yay maybe they got oh, it, you know, but... maybe they got it through because of Transformers you know Transformers that's when season three went on I had a, I had a few friends that were like what happened to Ironhide and Optimus Prime and I'm like they were brutally murdered <laughs> yeah because wait robots aren't humans G rated action cartoon and this and that's all canon in that yeah because like they're they're robots right yeah. they're not they're not alive they can totally get shot up not well, that kids have emotional attachments to them or anything well. until beast wars introduced them having souls let's not talk uh, about beast wars well okay to be fair um transformers is just basically space moses 
So, um, yeah, souls kind of fit in. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, but a lot of cartoons, like, remember there was a Police Academy cartoon. Like, yeah. I'm just saying that there's been a lot of cartoons based on adult properties, and it's because, wait. There was a Spaceballs cartoon. There was a Rambo cartoon. Yeah, there was a Rambo card. It's because kids want their own version of what the adults are watching, and adults want, don't want them to watch their version quite yet. There, there was, there was a, the, there was a Clone Wars cartoon that was not the good one. Uh, well, the Clone oh, Wars yes. cartoon was manlier than what they did in the uh, in the movies. No, the other Clone Wars cartoon. Well, that's what I'm talking about. The the Gendy, yeah. the Gendy stuff was actually. Uh, no, I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the good stuff. I'm talking about the other thing. You mean the one that had an animated movie where the 3D animated movie where they were babysitting or something? Yes, a a, a, yeah. a pooing hut. Yeah. <sighs> because because uh, George Lucas is like, well, I'm going to show Gendy what I can do versus him. I have a turkey deck. Don't steal well, my I'll jokes. get some. Yes, I'll get a yes man <laughs> that'll do whatever I tell him, and then everything's great. I have a turkey now deck, you, and then I'll sell it to Disney, and I'll die. <laughs> I really hate I Boba wonder... Fett. I'm going to have him fall into a Sarlacc pit, and then I'm going to make it even more humiliating by adding vagina tentacles into it. I have a turkey neck, you see. And then, and then have some have some canonical extended universe adventures where he comes out and then falls back in, <laughs> trips over his own foot and falls back in. It's a little bit more complicated than that, Neil. I know. But he does fall back in. And I'm I'm sure there was a there was like a footnote there that says and he did the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> well, what happened was he came out and he had amnesia and he was being treated by a friend. Amnesia. And, yeah, he had amnesia so he didn't know he was Boba Fett and uh, and what happened was he very briefly time teamed up with someone from Luke's team. I forgot who if it was Luke or Han or somebody and because because Boba Fett had amnesia, they were okay with it until, like, they were, you know, they're traveling in Tatooine, and Boba Fett suddenly remembers, and, of course, when he remembers, they're over the Sarlacc pit, and they have a brief circle, and he falls in again. He's like, this is, this all looks familiar. Hey! <laughs> and then he goes to pull his blaster, he slips on a banana peel and falls in. That's what happens when you sell the most toys uh what, what, what how how did how did uh how did uh, palpatine put it in in uh, in robot chicken that's what happens when you sell the most toys fanboys yeah <laughs> for some reason we had to contractually show what happens to this guy <laughs> yeah Bo- boba fett like fucking lucas just ruining things just because like eh, somebody else likes it i don't want it eh. well there's also what one of the funniest rants we had was about ig fucking 88 <sighs> He looked like a fucking prop, and there's books and shit about him. <laughs> there's books, there's video games, there, there's there's extended universe adventures. He's in the card games. He's it's he's everywhere because he had a cool design. You know, there there's a well, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of things are like especially like with fandoms, you'll find that like some characters get built up just because the fans sort of can put their own, you know stories around them like yeah. i i would say this is true like with princess luna and my little pony i was just gonna like bring there's that not up. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then there's of course dandruff girl yes dandruff girl from the jar where then i had to say to my brother you know it's an awful sausage fest going on in this con well i am okay with this 
we need to do something about this. <laughs> the difference between My Little Pony and Star Wars is that the My the producers of, yeah the producers of My Little Pony were actually pretty savvy about what the fans wanted, whereas Lucas was like. I don't understand any of this. Why do they like this bounty hunter character? He was just in there for like two scenes, and you know he. I don't like him. I don't. Yeah, I don't really like him. I'm gonna have him fall into the Sarlacc pit. I have a turkey neck, you see. And then, and then, okay, everyone likes him still, so I'm gonna make him like the biggest badass ever, and and overblow it the other direction. I'm gonna make him. Oh, a Django, Django fat. Oh. You know what they should do? They should actually make Django fat. You, you, do you see I'm going yeah. with this? Yeah, I, I, I see what I see exactly. Where, 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 he, where he carries around a coffin full of blasters. Just CC Neil. Back in the day, there was an, an old spaghetti western called Django about mm-hmm. this guy who carries around a coffin that's full of guns. Mm-hmm. And yeah. see, I think you need to work in uh, Han and Carbonite into that somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he hollows it out and uses it. Yeah, it's it's like it's like faux Han and Carbonite. It, it's not really him. It's this hollow thing that he's his blasters. Yeah, on. yeah. Django, Django's be, yeah. one of those things that was became like was one of the things that partially inspired El Mariachi. I see. You do know about El Mariachi. I know about El Mariachi. Okay, so sometimes some people don't know about these things. Oh. El Mariachi. It's a one of those one of those movie franchises that took off. You know, when a young director had no money. No talent. Well, actually, well, what I mean is no actors, no big name actors. He had talent. Uh, Robert Rodriguez is a very talented filmmaker, and uh, and made a made a movie in Mexico that took off. I mean, it's a great story. It's a great story. <laughs> and also, you should buy every one of Robert Rodriguez's DVDs because he has ten minute cooking lessons on every DVD. <laughs> That's funny. No, it's true, because uh, as Robert Rodriguez puts it, uh, you know, not knowing how to cook is not like is like not knowing how to fuck. And he actually has in his house a little menu, so when anyone visits, they can pick up the menu and tell them, "Hey, Robert, I I would like this," and he will cook it for them. That's cute. I I just say there is food right there. See chips. There you go. <laughs> No, actually, I'm a good cook. I actually do a lot, but I, the idea of having a menu, I, I I don't know. Like, I understand the appeal of it, but I keep thinking in my head, pretentious! Because, you know, it's like those people who have, like, a bar list on their bar, and it's like, <laughs> well, oh, I, 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 I you're think... playing Lemonade Stand! Yay! Mike's Hard Lemonade Stand! I, 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 th- I think it's more of his, his, his whole thing is, you know, if you want the best way to learn how to cook is to like find two or three dishes you really like and just learn how to cook yeah. them over and over again is is his okay. point. Okay, well, but 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 the menu kind of takes it to this level of I'm playing restaurant. But I he love, does. He, he wants to. I he know, wants. I know, he, he wants I know. to own his own restaurant. Actually, actually, the most fun he had was at a a Comic Con. I think it was this latest Comic Con. He actually had a uh, he actually had a food truck, and he was really happy to have the food truck. Okay, well, food truck's a different thing. I, I'm just saying that putting a menu in your house is just sort of like I, I, it's adorable. It's one of those things you go, "Oh, it's so cute," and and then then you're kind of like, "It's eh, kind of weird too." Like I, I would rather him just say, "I can make the following things," and then I'd say, "Okay." 
then it's not awkward and you're just like do i tip you at the end or um you're rich right so i don't have to do that right <laughs> yeah i don't know it just seems a little it, it's it's cute i think it's adorable but at the same time i'm just like oh my god that's just weird well, it's a uh, one of his most interesting recipes was his was his ten minute cooking school on the Sin City breakfast tacos. Oh, that's excellent. It's a he he shows you how to make what he calls the Sin these uh, breakfast tacos. He says once you have them, you don't want them, you don't want anything else. Tacos. Breakfast. Yeah, breakfast yeah. tacos because he. I'm he, gonna say this for later. He uh, he shows you how to make uh, flour tortillas. Because because he says that you know the ones in the store are crap. So, well, I did find a place here in Brisbane, I think, that where I can get the materials to make my own tortillas if I want. Uh, there's a Mexican slash Italian slash American market that sells that sort of thing, and I'm like, that's that's an interesting mix of nationalities. Okay, I'll go by. Also, the initials are M I A. Mm. Yep. Anyways, we better we better <laughs> cut this short because we're going to be hanging out this weekend on uh, Sketchfiend. On Sketchfiend. All right, I'm going to just hack Giles right now to make sure I get on the list. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. People Sorry. joke. People joke about that because I seem to win like like 75 percent of the time. Well, I think it's it's just that like a lot uh, of averages it, because well, I. Yeah, if you're there a lot, you're gonna win. Like, whereas, like, you know, some see poor Raptor who kept missing the uh, the lotto, but he got it eventually, which was pretty awesome. Or like last time, remember Nizumi called it. What Nizumi? Nizumi called it. Uh, Nizumi said, "Oh, I'm gonna get the bonus," and I said, "Sure, you are." And Nizumi kept saying, "No, no, I'm gonna get the bonus." And then the roll happened, and Nizumi got the bonus. <laughs> I was like, that was weird. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I'll talk to y'all later, and uh, good show, and uh, I'll see which version of RoboCop we got. All right, all right. Let's see here. I have new ideas to torture Yuki for the next Fiend. Ooh, okay. And uh, I think, did you, you sent me something this morning, Neil? Oh, yeah. I I, yes, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, I'll I'll check that out in a minute. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten to my email really yet. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'll talk to y'all later. Okie doke. I'll see you on the chat. <laughs> All right. I'll be there. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.